Football is a game of aesthetics. It's all about what does it look like? Football is a game of tradition. The man who wins the penalty can't take it. <laughs> Football is a game of passion. Oh, bollocks, Villa have scored. And that is why we love it. Fuck me, why is this stupid game back? I think that was a real low point for me in my life. It's time to turn the volume down. Goals scored by new signings are the only ones that count. Penalties don't count. And Mamoru Saku having an absolute howler. That doesn't count either. The worst 90 minutes of football in Premier League history. He's a fraud. Sedan's a fraud. Everyone's favourite statistical fraud. Brendan Rodgers. All about the aesthetics, that's what Absolutely. we like to see. That is just a bit of stat padding. Individual sport masquerading as a team game. Look at his Instagram, he's the ultimate beat of me. BBC Sport decided to advertise their TikTok account. Yuck. <laughs> it just doesn't get any better than that. Hello and welcome to another Floodlights this week on the show. The Hammers are blowing bubbles in the top four after a dominant and nervy victory over a Leicester team who may be starting to get a little bit twitchy. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer took a break from manufacturing goalkeeper propaganda to lead Man United to a 3-1 win <laughs> over a Spurs team, now six points outside the top four. It's a good thing Bailey didn't overreact last week as Chelsea's blip comes to an end against a relevant Palace. Where does Stuart Dallas's foiling of Pep Guardiola rank in Northern Ireland footballing history? And does Roy Keane's comments about Jesse Lingard's dance moves prove you really can get away with more as a footballer if you're playing well? My name's Darren Scott. I'm joined with Billy Hutchison, Christopher Ringland. Hello, friends. We all had a good weekend, um, but I had a very good weekend. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this overconfident uh, Chris who messaged today saying, can't hear you from the top four. Yeah. <laughs> now you see that's already taken out of context because that was straight <laughs> off the back of uh oh well you just about made it or some nonsense from Bailey. So <laughs> I don't recall Bailey's message, all I remember is yours, Chris. Uh, um I mean how are you both? You said it's been a good weekend for you, Christopher. I've also had a very enjoyable weekend. Uh as you know it's it's currently Masters weekend. We're enjoying the golf. Um <laughs> so it was Bailey and I hit the tennis court as well. Did you? We did. Love it. We're able to get back out into the world. Yeah, and yeah this this wow. going to be the quickest pod we've ever done because it is it's uh, Master Sunday and one of us doesn't want to be here. Listen, it's not that I don't want to be here. It's just, anyway, we digress. <laughs> um, <laughs> right, I suppose, that, listen, probably the best place for us to start is with West Ham versus Leicester. Bailey, I know you talked about this um, off air. Kind of a... Kind of a win-win for for or a lose-lose for Christopher, a win-win for us. You know, if West <laughs> yep. Ham were to win the game, it's it's fantastic for for Christopher. West Ham go into the top four and brilliant. But also on the flip side of that, it would mean that Leicester are dragged right back down into this battle for top four. It's kind of getting into shit themselves season. It could be getting a little bit awkward for them. Right in the dogfight now. So Brendan and this lot are absolutely love. Look, to see I it. I didn't expect to win this game. Um, because we didn't have Antonio and we didn't have Rice and for, we didn't have Cresswell for most of the game as well. The boys uh, did phenomenal. Messi Lingard, PFA Player of the Year, maybe? Don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, no, a few was, people uh, would take issue with that. Although, to be fair, he may have displaced Jack Harrison in your team of the season. Well, well... That's <laughs> <laughs> not difficult. In, indeed. Um, so, you know, like, it was a... That's probably that may prove to be the most important result because we still have to play Everton and Chelsea, but the rest of the games I'd be relatively confident that we can keep momentum. But the top four race, oh, it's uh, it's my this is my issue, right? It doesn't get any better than this for me, you know. Like, we (laughs) you know, yous can still go, ah, you know, well, still, still the Champions League, so you know, we'll fight for the title in other seasons. It this is literally 
literally since 1982, the best season West Ham have ever had. And so it's not going to get any better than this. I do. I, I, like, I like the confidence coming from you, Chris. I thought West Ham definitely first half were unbelievable. Yep. I think, I, Lingard, Lingard's put me in a, a real awkward position because we're seven games left. And I, I'm starting to think, as you were mentioning there, about team of the season candidates. And I was trying to think today about who I would potentially put in mind now and then try and work around that. And I was trying to like work out like what my deciding factors are and one of the things that I was like I wanted a player who was consistent in the team every week but then I have to put Lingard in and he's only played half a season here the guy is on absolute fire it's not fair to the rest of us at the minute yeah I mean there's a lot of different ways I could go with this game um, I think praising Lingard's fair, and I'll I'll probably touch on that first before we, uh, you know, flip this around and talk about how terrible Leicester are. Um, Roy King uh, <laughs> made a comment about, about Jesse Lingard that I think really highlights how quickly things have turned around for Jesse. They they comment obviously on on that dance that Lingard did after one of his goals. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. um, and they asked Roy King about it. Roy had a smile and a chuckle and said, when he scores goals, you have to give him credit, right? <laughs> now, Roy Keane is the same guy who absolutely ripped into Jesse Lingard a few years ago for launching a clothing line the same week they lost to Liverpool at Anfield. And I think it, it goes to show, when you're scoring goals, when you're playing well, you get away with a lot more. Mm. We talked about Aubameyang and that haircut. You can get away with that if you're scoring goals. If you're not scoring goals, you can't get away with that. Jesse Lingard, now that he's scoring goals, he can do no wrong. And it's lovely to see. It is lovely to see. Uh, a few points for me. West Ham might be the, the worst team in the world with a 3-0 lead. <laughs> I've never seen a team well, like it. This is three weeks well, in a row. 3-0 up. Well, and then you're nervy at the end of the game. It's that whole like nonsense of like 2-0 is the most dangerous lead in football. Whereas West Ham are going, no, no, we, we need three. And then we'll decide to... Bottled. But you see, the difference is, Darren. Uh, like, absolutely, we, we we make it we make it more nervy than we need to, but <laughs> we we win the matches. Teams like Brighton don't, so that's the difference. And that's why we're in top four, and they're nearly getting relegated. So uh, there it's we a, go. Uh, it's a bold statement. Two weeks ago, we said that they threw away a three 0 lead to draw with Arsenal. So I'm not sure how much accuracy <laughs> we can put in that statement, but. All right, you've got your Brighton dig in early. Good for you. They haven't even played this weekend. At the time of recording, Brighton haven't even played. <laughs> um, I mean, moving on to some of the the nuances of the game itself, um, I had a bit of an issue with some of the things that Leicester were doing in the first half. I have an issue with with Casper Schmeichel for the first goal. Oh. Um, I fully understand that Lingard shot. You know, there was a player in between, a defender in yes. between, Ling, um, in between Lingard and Schmeichel. I, I completely get that his line of sight will have been blocked, but when you see where mm. the ball goes past him, it's arm's length. And oh, when wow. your sole responsibility within a football team is just to guard that big rectangle around you, at least dive. I have no time for keepers who just stand and watch <laughs> stuff roll into the net. It really gets on my way. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Have a dive if it goes in anyway. No bother. But I don't like that. Um, some of the defending from Leicester in general I thought was brutal the second goal, I know Evans played him onside but there was a point where Fafana looked over his shoulder and it it looked like he just realised Bowen was there with Bowen being Mm. 5-10 yards clear of him and that was a concern Um, and I suppose, listen, we'll we'll end on a lighter note, Ian Acho's in some form 
like well, I have to say though, I think Yuri Tielemans is turning into a serious player as well. And of course, funny enough, he's Belgian, so they're mm. going to win the World Cup. Yeah, he he needs to get out. So he does. He he's, <laughs> he, he needs to like reach that. Be, be like, could, just a, just a fair reminder that they are currently in the Champions League places, and Chelsea aren't. For nine. Yeah, for, for the moment, uh, Chelsea have a very good chance of reaching the Champions League semi-final, but Leicester couldn't make it on Thursday nights, so that's, <laughs> that's settled down. And then that's also, I think, one, one thing people have actually missed out on this season, and it's a big contrast to the form of Kalechi and Acho, the form of Jamie Vardy. People aren't talking about this goal chart he's going through. Like one, one goal in, in his last eight. Yeah, 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 after today. Yeah. yeah, but he's but there's a reason why he's playing because he's, he's, not, well, he's, he's contributing to the attack the that that is scoring. Okay, so mm. whenever Timo Werner doesn't put the ball in the net, is he contributing? Because um, he gets criticised week in week out. Jimmy Vardy has gone very under the radar with this. I well now we're getting into philosophy because it's what was <laughs> the point of a striker? So you know, I I I think from the way Leicester play. It's very, it's a very different setup to Chelsea, because uh, you always do like the four-three-three type thing. They do the three-five-two type thing, where the second striker plays a very different role to Timo Werner in Chelsea. Well, Vardy's not putting it in the net. He needs Ianacho at the moment. What I did um, quite like about Ianacho's first goal. I don't know if you clocked Fabianski after that goal went in. The guy like uh, rifled about three half volleys. You know, as the ball oh. rebounds out from the net. <laughs> Like right, like caught three volleys so sweet <laughs> straight afterwards, kicking it in frustration. Which, as we've talked about before, if you show that you're angry, that of course means that you care more than everybody else. <laughs> yeah, fans love it. Yeah, uh, just to just to come back on um, Jamie Vardy. Obviously, we're we're not for stats in this podcast, but except when the, it suits us. And in, yeah, in, in, in the in the interest of truth, um, Jamie Vardy has played uh, twenty twenty four games. Uh, sub for three in the Premier League this season, scored 12, seven assists. It's not bad for a 34 year old. Know. I'm, I'm just saying, like, one on his last 18, everyone's very quiet. And I hope people start to chirp up as Leicester start to bobble it here because they're a team that should have finished third last season and a team that should have finished third this season are now right in the mix. But, he, he, here's, but here's the problem as well with your comparison with. Timo Werner or someone like that is that Jimmy Vardy has won the Premier League and has been arguably top three strikers in the Premier League since then for the past five years. Yeah, I would like to think that that player should be scoring more than one in 18. Yeah, I don't think Bailey's like, he's not slandering him as a player. He's just, you know, making a comment around how little media fanfare there has been about Jimmy Vardy's gold right. Sure, but you have an agenda. That's the other issue. Well, you, uh, wow. so, well, yeah, have an anti-Lester agenda. And then, but, also... <laughs> but yes, Darren, it, it was funny that you were saying about Johnny Evans keeping on side. It was literally Johnny Evans, like like the, the inches of his thigh kept um, kept him on side, which was quite funny because mm-hmm. he like, dragged out. Yeah, and there was a few offside calls that were coming down to really, really fine okay. margins this week. It was a nonsense. Wolves had one, I think. Yeah. Uh, disallowed clear goal um, clear goal uh, and then obviously I think didn't um, didn't Bobby um, have one for Liverpool ruled out because of an offside yeah. on, on Jota or something I, I saw it said that's onside and that's the way it should be 
there, there was one where actually where like I, I, it was genuinely wrong. The VAR was actually wrong. Like the arm was for the it, it, it's nonsense. I find the Liverpool one interesting because we've talked before about the kind of when the balls play, they have to pick the exact moment the balls played. Yeah. And if you look at the camera angle they've used, you can't actually see the ball leaving Trent Alexander-Arnold's foot. So I think Fabinho's in the way. Yeah. And I got how on earth of Stockley Park decided which frame they're using here. Yeah, I had made a comment on that until Trent scored the winner and then thought, won't need that. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. Lovely. I think just to, to wrap things up nicely on, on West Ham, uh, a lovely shout out to, to Mark Noble, 400 club. What what a player! What what a I mean how how rare is that nowadays? Four hundred appearances like for the one club, one club man. Yeah, he gets that and, uh, on FIFA. <laughs> one season in the Championship, every other season in the Premier League, in the top fight, yeah. And you know, obviously, he's getting on a bit and can't play every but, but I thought he was really good today. Well, whatever he plays rather than Rice, like obviously Rice is far better, but it means the Suchek has complete freedom to mm-hmm. do whatever he wants. So. No, oh, big, Mike, Dean, big fan. Mike Dean tried his best to send him off today. Just, <laughs> just from earlier in the season, Mike still holds a grudge there. I think it was very early on he booked him. And you're going, Mike, that, that's a bit early for that. You're just, you're just out seeking revenge. <laughs> um, moving on from, from West Ham Leicester. Um, West Ham's win kind of threw the cat in amongst the pigeons for some other teams around them because, you know, now... Basically everybody in that. I think Liverpool won this weekend. Uh, West Ham won. Chelsea won, and Spurs uh, were one 0 up against Manchester United before ultimately going on to lose three one. And um, that kind of leaves them, I think, six points back of fourth now, with two teams above them that still aren't in the, that fourth spot. Mm-hmm. So it's a bit of a tough spot for them. And and you got to figure there's going to be some questions about Jose again because we know some Spurs fans are are really not buying into this process at all. What a game of football. And the comments after this game are hilarious. Perfect. Uh, there, there was a serious amount of hyperbole. Yeah. So, yeah. so uh, Spurs uh, winger Son Heung-min had a, had a moment during the game where he went down under a flailing hand, not even an arm, not an elbow, <laughs> just, just fingers in the face from McSauce. And United <laughs> had a goal disallowed for it and Roy Keane said at half time, we should all just go home. <laughs> Solskjaer said after the game about the incident, we shouldn't be called if my son stays down for three minutes and he needs his 10 mates to help him up, he won't get any food. <laughs> Which then prompted one of the most bizarre quotes I've ever seen from Jose Mourinho. And Jose's, Jose's had a fair few where he said, Sonny is very lucky that his father is a better person than Ollie because a father even <laughs> always... You don't always have to feed your kids. It doesn't matter what they do. If you have to steal to feed your kids, you steal. I've told Ollie what I think about his comments. <laughs> One of the most bizarre things I've ever heard from him. <laughs> yeah, I, I picked up with that as well, Billy. I, I, and you could tell that he regretted it immediately as well. Like, that he really didn't mean to say something like that. Yeah, I think he, he caught himself halfway through. He's like, oh, I've gone down a bad path here. There's no good way out of this. And it's like, because he'd, he'd said the sentence, you know, if my son went down and rolled around for 10 minutes and blah, blah, blah. And then you could see him almost try and piece together, how do I end this? Like, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with no food, which makes me think he probably had a couple of darker answers that, that came to the front of his 
his mind first and he had to kind of push those away mm. and say, no, no, we'll go with the food option. Yeah, if that had been a four or five one, it would have been different. <laughs> he also, um, he did sort of, he was very loose in his interview after the game. Um, he And a, another quote from him was, even Fred scored. That's how good a performance <laughs> it was. Is that what he said? Yeah, it's like, Solskjaer was just like having a few pints with his mates in the pub at this point. This wasn't like a professional media interview. <laughs> Well, it was some oh, like his first goal in eighty games or something, and it was hilarious what Roy said after the game. Roy goes, "Oh, he may have scored today, but I, I thought he was disastrous." Roy, they've won three one. He must have done something all right. Listen, they've had a good season. United, they've done yeah. well. They'll probably win the Europa League. They'll probably come second. Fair play to Ole. I've rinsed him for years, but fair play to him. Yeah, I, 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 I think that's I think that's fair, Chris. I think they they have had a really good season, and um, I think you talked a little bit before we hit record about they've lost the same number of games as City. Yes. Yep. You know, so, so so like th- th- four, three or four games of uh, where you score in the last minute and you win or rather than lose or draw rather than lose could have been a much closer title. Fight. Yeah, it's fine margins. They're they're right in yeah. and around it. Um, and obviously, if they could get themselves somebody like a Harry Kane next season, um, oh. Oh. somebody like that, you know, they're going to push right on. Um, I think they also probably need a, a centre back partner for um, for Maguire. Um, yeah, cu- quite a, f- a couple. Yeah, yeah. and uh, and obviously the goalkeeping situation. Did you see Solskjaer him getting caught on video this week? Did you see this? I, I heard that there was some chat. But I didn't know what the what it was. It's a yeah. video from um, the United training pitch. Um, and it's it's watching the players do sort of their their warm up lap, and you can hear a voice that sounds a lot like Solskjaer. Now you don't see <laughs> who it is, so we can't say for definite. But you know, if you listen to it, it sounds a lot like him. Um, but, caught on on video asking photographers um, at the training ground to get some smiley photos of the goalkeepers together. There's a war zone around here in the press. Unreal. I mean, great presence I of mind. Love that. I have, I'm a big fan of that. <laughs> so I absolutely love it. Always got that going on. But I thought, I thought fantastic from Dean Henderson today. Massive fan of this guy. He's a great made, goalkeeper. Yeah, thought he made some cracking saves. I Me- thought there was times where, like, he's vocal as well, which I think is now important with goalkeepers. Like, you hear him telling everyone, get up the pitch, come mm-hmm. on. Let's, let's waste a bit of time here and stuff. Big fan of him. Maybe the most important save that he made as well. He made a save with his feet, which then allowed Martin Tyler to say, that's a De Gea save. Oh, oh of course. So now he's Martin. got everything. Of course. Martin, when, when's yeah. Martin going to hang up the boots? Like, <laughs> we all have to just enjoy the football sometimes. You know, we don't get to be involved our whole lives. You know? <laughs> oh, hopefully he does it around the same time as his mate Gary beside him. Hopefully he takes him with him. Because... Billy, I love Gary. I love no, Gary Neville. Honestly, like, see, after that 30-minute video went up earlier in the week of uh, Neville and Carragher complaining about the England squad, mm-hmm. that's all the two of them have done, making it all about themselves. No, yeah. so, no, I, 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 because that was the, the West Ham United football coverage. Yeah. I, I dispute that. That was Carragher. Like, uh, but it was the, it's the whole thing. It's the fact that it carried on. The Liverpool <laughs> game yesterday, we're assuming, we'll get, talk about it a bit later, obviously, where Trent scored. And Carragher goes, oh. how do you like that, Gary Neville? And then today, whenever Greenwood scores, <laughs> because Neville had him in the team, Neville starts chirping up. Like, it's stuff that we do. 
but they're on like these are professional pundits. We're just opinionists, so we are. We're, we're panelists. Yes, exactly. We're, these guys are being paid a wage here. Yeah, I think I. I don't think like YouTube has helped because if you think like no. you know commentators pre YouTube era were really just commentating on the game. You know, now we've talked about it, Martin Tyler this year. He's tried to create somewhat of a personal brand, and he's able to, you yes. know, on mm-hmm. YouTube. Here's his, you know, he's he's all about the one-liners and stuff because now like, things get clipped, obviously, yeah. and whatever. Um, so I don't think YouTube's helped the the professional punditry scene because now everyone's um, trying to come up with things that are that have replay value. Yeah, you know, so hundred percent. No, I think uh, just before we move on elsewhere, just another player to single out for praise. There, I thought Edison Cavani. Was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I thought Pete this Brown. was one of those performances where I was, where I was kind of like, if this guy had have come to the Premier League in his prime, remember around oh. the time he would have been at Napoli. Yeah, because yeah. it was a great header for his goal. I I seen him chirp some. I think it was Eric Dyer at one point. He was chirping, and I was like, I absolutely love what I am seeing here from him. It's that like South American rage, but then he'll go and get a goal. I thought fantastic from him, and yeah, I think he's got six or seven goals in the league and we'll definitely a player we'll have loved to have seen in his prime mm-hmm. in the Premier League this like, is what he can do against Tottenham moving on actually a bit of a shock result for, for the other Manchester club this week and, and you know one of our own so to speak um, but, doing a bit of damage to Pep Guardiola I don't think anyone saw a 2-1 Leeds result uh, happening against runaway league yes. leaders Manchester City this can be it can't. So this this is where your nonsense expected goals without the window um, about how you like explain football. Uh, Leeds had two shots and scored two goals. That's the first thing. Second thing is that was the ultimate tactical. Like it was literally like chess. I don't know if you noticed this during the game, but like every I think every sub that was made was for a player in a different position from both teams. So like. For City, they took off Ake and brought on Gundogan. They brought off Mendy and brought on Foden. And Leeds, after the, the captain got sent off at halftime, Liam Cooper, um, with, and we'll so talk they had to about take that. off Bamford and bring on Struik. And then Koch came on for Roberts, which is a different position, and Rafinha came off for Shackleton because they kept on moving everybody around the whole time. And lo and behold, young Dallas comes through the middle, unannounced, <laughs> Fernandinho doesn't see him. And the game's won, and Pep bows to his master. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, a huge day for Northern Ireland, obviously. A country who. Darren, were you aware before this season that Stuart Dallas existed? Yes, I was aware of who Stuart Dallas was. Yeah, I mean, I have watched Northern Ireland play before. I recall we went to the fan zone during the Euros. (laughs) <laughs> and I think Gareth McCauley might have scored see, and it was see, a great time there's a stuff it was a great time uh, and Stuart Dallas was probably involved then because the Northern Ireland team doesn't really change in the last 10 years now the thing about that right all bias aside about Northern Ireland the guy's an absolute engine the guy is probably the fittest player in the Premier League I'm, I, I'm not even exaggerating about that oh absolutely especially for the second goal like this is 90 minutes in against a Pep Guardiola Man City Leeds haven't seen a great deal of the ball and mm-hmm. I think he actually had t- there was two of these attempts quite late on where he's had to run the entire pitch yeah. to get on the end of them mm-hmm. he, like phenomenal my only criticism is fantastic he can score twice for Leeds I can't remember him ever scoring twice for Northern Ireland <laughs> that's because he has to play like right back for Northern Ireland because he's the ultimate utility man 
I suppose, yeah, you can just put him anywhere on the pitch for Northern Ireland. He's he, he, I mean, he is Milner. Like, he is Milner. <laughs> That's probably a fair comparison. I think although he's he's quicker than Milner, I, I don't see Milner finishing that the, the winner, the second goal. I don't see Milner, no. you know, outpacing John Stones and, and putting it through the legs of the goalkeeper. So I think, you know, credit words too. And just on your point of expected goals going out the window, Leeds expected goals for this game was 0.23 compared to Manchester City's 2.24. Um, moving on, do you want to talk about the the Liam Cooper red card? You talked about it there a little bit. Chris, um, where do you stand? I'm interested actually to hear, Chris, where you stand on that. Is that a red card? Um, so it's, red card. it's a bouncing ball, which no. he plays, and then, yeah, no. catches Jesus on the follow-through, yeah. and it's it's quite high up the leg, which is why I think it was... It, it was originally given a yellow card, and then it was VAR overturned it. And, and I, I have to say, though, like... Red. As a defender, he passes the eye test. I mean, I mean, the, the guy, the guy. I mean, it, it's not just the tattoos and the kind of like a bit of stubble. I mean, the, the guy was born to play centre back for a team like Leeds. Um, I think that might be. Is that like the second or third time he's been sent off this season? I'm not too sure. Uh, but he, uh, oh come on, it was a Stonewall red card. Yeah. It's just, I suppose, and and I'm sure the point that he would argue is how else does he deal with that ball? Mm. You know what I mean? Because in his defence, he does kick the ball first and it's his follow-through that catches Jesus. You know, the ball is sort of at knee height when he makes contact with it. So I'm sure he'll probably say, how else can I deal with that situation other than to kick the ball and then my follow-through is going to catch him? Yeah, I think it is. it's just a shame how ugly the follow-through yeah. is. Because we even seen last week, like, Thiago Silva got sent off for a follow-through. Obvious, that was an obvious yellow, I think, this same game mm-hmm. this week where it is... It, Especially in slow motion. As yeah. soon as the ref gets sent like that in slow motion, you're going, he's not a chance here because the knee mm-hmm. goes a different direction to which it should. And and in defence and in fairness to the, the referees in Stockley Park, they have been reasonably consistent this season where if it's above sort of mid-shin, you're gone. Yeah. It, uh, it took me back slightly. If and You've, you've got a, no free promo, but you've got to find this on a, well-known internet uh, video streaming service uh, <laughs> later on, if you haven't seen this. It reminded me a bit of the ultimate worst tackle in Premier League history, uh, which was Cal McManaman for Wigan on Hydara from Newcastle. And the, <laughs> the subsequent fight where, jo- remember John Carver that used to briefly manage Newcastle? Yes, yeah, yeah. He was Pardew's assistant. Uh, started scrapping everybody on that pitch. It's, it's great footage, you have to see it, if you haven't seen it before. So well, I would say that sweet chin music one from earlier in the season. I can't remember who got sent off there. Which player was it? But their what? studs just went into the other player's face. Oh, yes. Well, yeah, the guy's face that. was properly mangled as well afterwards. <laughs> Is it yeah. Rangers? Is no, 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 no. This is the start, start of the Premier League season. Oh, I Basuma. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Basuma for Brighton with the sweet chin music. I'd say that's the, yeah, that's yeah. the worst one I've seen. Yeah, that yeah. one probably was. It was on... Um, uh, he, uh, the guy plays for Northern Ireland. Um, Jamal, Lewis. Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis. Jamal Lewis. Yeah, yeah. God, you'd almost think we don't know our stuff. <laughs> <laughs> 31 games then. It's been a long time. A lot of stuff's happened. It's been so much football. Uh, one thing from the City game uh, someone mentioned earlier. Nice to see Nathan Aki back in the game. <laughs> yeah, I was out of nowhere. Yeah. yeah for, for first minute since uh, Boxing Day. 
It's just one of those <laughs> like City rotate the team around. It's just oh, there's another good player. Like again, we had another goal from Ferran Torres. That still 30, 31 games into the season. I can tell you nothing about the bloke other than yeah, he's probably good. He'll do a few goals at some point. Like it's, this is what City do. Yeah, the complete identity of the club, and then the, the fact that most of this game, uh, John Stones spent playing centre attacking mid. Yeah, I noticed that happens. Yeah. I think that that's one of those things you're saying about having a chess game this, Chris, I think. Bielsa. I, I obviously criticised the guy quite heavily earlier in the year, but I think even he's smart enough to know let John stay in the centre of the park and let him <laughs> pass the ball because it's not gonna be the quick it's not gonna be quicker than Bernardo Silva out there. Let him do his thing. Well, you say that. I remember shouting shoot at Vincent Company a few years ago against Leicester, <laughs> and we all know how that ended. <laughs> anyway, do you, do you guys want to touch very quickly on, obviously, Christopher, you've had a wonderful weekend. The, the club that you've chosen to support is up into the top four. The, the clubs that Bailey and I have chosen to support aren't quite there, but are there or thereabouts. Um, do you want to quickly touch on, on Chelsea and Liverpool? Very happy to. Yeah, as you said in the intro, uh, glad I didn't play the blame game. Last weekend, you know, no, just just a blip, you know, no need to blame anyone. And I'm quite glad that my Instagram boycott of Kai Havertz's accounts <laughs> have clearly caught his attention. Because mm-hmm. the guy finally woke up a bit against Palace, who, for at half time, they're on the beach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That is a team booking holidays as we speak. <laughs> Their season is over. It is pointless. Uh, they're in the grey area of. Yes, they, they. Nothing matters. It doesn't matter what they do. It doesn't matter. Um, but yeah, but, and they've got like, enough international players in their side for people to be going. Oh, and they hit a bit of form for the Euros because even I think the only one in there really is Benteke, and he knows and he's that, not going to be on the bench. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but but Bailey, you must have noticed how how seething Gary Cahill was when we were like three 0 down though, because like oh, he's like oh, <laughs> Chelsea of all the teams to be done over in this way yeah. by two, two years in a row. Me. Two years in a row, Gary's had a stinker against Chelsea. Uh, last season, you may recall the sniper that shot <laughs> Gary during the game yeah. on his hamstring and it just exploded in front of her eyes. And yeah. I think uh, Giroud scored. Tough scene. And then, yeah, there was, a, there was a few moments in this game. I think Mason Mount Dunham, I think. There was a point, uh, I think, for the free kick. Zoom is just better in the air than him. You know, that's just the way it is in terms of athleticism Gary's about 35 yeah still still looks good for 35 but he's not going to be Kurt Sigmund there just a tough <laughs> afternoon all around for him I think probably fair to say as well Kai Havertz was very good looked very really, good looked really classy at times which I like that finish touch of class the one the ball that was played over the top where he just mm. um, his first touches mm. up and over one of the Palace defenders mm. to get a shot off I mean mm-hmm. if that had gone in that's in our sort of contenders for the awards show at the end of the year uh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, the, the guy had one of those afternoons that is going to really help the YouTube compilations mm. at the end of the season. You know, cause yeah. that, that's what it's all about at the end of the day for the modern footballer. Like that touch over, that, that was fantastic. There was a couple of other great touches. I think my one thing, and it's, it's what I wanted to achieve with the Instagram boycott of him, I, w- I want to see a bit more aggression from him because he could have had three or four here. But I think even that shot he had where he took it over to the defender it just doesn't hit it hard enough at times. Mm-hmm. Even his goal, he kind of just passes it around Cahill yeah, and yeah. goes in. Yeah. So it does, but you know, good to see him actually trying and seemed a bit happier at the weekend. Um, Liverpool uh, won against Aston Villa. 
Congrats. Well done. Yeah. Yep. Um, again, can't take any credit for it. Well, mate. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got to be honest. They didn't look very good. It was, yeah. It was a bit of a nothing game, really. Um, they're stunted like Grealish. I mean, yeah, they're a different. Yeah, they, they they are. They're a different team. They're just so they just lack that bit of. They're still good defensively. I mean, they've conceded very few goals this season, but they're, they're without Grealish. It's it's difficult. Watkins yeah, is great, but yeah, ver- verging into that pointless territory. So they are, but they do have a few guys. Watkins, Grealish, whenever he comes back, aiming for the Euro squads. But very much their league position and points tally at the minute just does screen seasons over. Yeah, they've really been hit. The without Grealish, I think they've dropped. They were sort of in the mix for Europe. Um, I think with games they definitely in hand, were with yeah. games in hand and things, and then just this run without Grealish has really set them back a little bit, which is um a shame. But I think it'll, it'll still go down as a really good season for them. Um, yeah. on Liverpool, uh, obviously the the big headlines will once again be around Trent Alexander Arnold. Bailey, you said last week, will go on a tear, put him in your fantasy team, did score a goal. Um, 22 points for me this week. There you go. Um, you know, this is, I think to be fair, the, the, the goal will probably paper over the cracks of what was a pretty sloppy performance by Trent. Um, there was a point in the second half where he went to play a pass forward, got it horribly wrong, seemed to whiff <laughs> the ball out for a throw in and fall over in the process. Um, so when they're talking about well here's a right back who's scored a winner from the left hand side of the pitch where he probably shouldn't have been and won't ever be again <laughs> therefore he should be in Gareth Southgate's England squad well I'll refer you to 10 minutes earlier when he shanked one um, out for a throw in and fell over <laughs> the, the, so the agenda of... stuff's a, a nonsense like you're creating the agenda by just talking about it there was, there was yeah. no jet. the guy's obviously one of the best right backs in the world yeah. He more than likely will be in the England squad and there'll be no chat whatsoever. Like there's no there's no agenda. He genuinely didn't play well for quite a few games. Like there, there's nothing wrong with saying that. That that's exactly it. And I think whenever you do start that kind of agenda kind of thing, whenever you pinpoint a player and you really zoom in on everything they do, it's hard for any player to look good. Yeah. In that situation. Stupid. Especially a defender. I think any defender you zoom in on and be like, I'm gonna sit and watch him all this entire game. Every defender's going to get beaten at certain points. Every defender's going to have points where someone goes by them, maybe puts it through their legs or has an awkward pass mm-hmm. like in the corner. That's just going to happen. And I think that's just what's happening with Trent. People are just zooming in and forgetting how good this guy actually is. It's like nobody's saying, like, no footballer is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like, nobody's exactly ever it. said that about any player. Um, yeah, everyone's yeah, expecting 10. Microscope on every game. Sky are on this, obviously. Like, oh, of course, you know, as soon as he scored, the camera went to Southgate in the stand. Mm-hmm. It's like, <laughs> it's like, what do you think? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think Gareth's going to then just pull out a sign that says, "Okay, now you're in"? <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, he's, he's why, is the the cam- out. <laughs> why is the camera going to Southgate? Like, he's not going to give you any reaction. Yeah, you're going to see that point where he scores like trippier. <laughs> so you're just going to turn that around. And go, it's all right. Like, hand that information over to. Carragher in the commentary booth. Um, like, well, I have to say though, Darren, I was very disappointed in Allison for shaving the mustache off. Very, I, very disappointed. As was I, Christopher. Um, you know. So, so what, what do you think is behind that decision? Like, what, what is, is it? Is it the wife? Is it social media? Is it people <sighs> in Brazil? Like, who is it? <laughs> Teammates. I get, 
Um, I I think I would be. My guess would be, and again, I have no information on this. My guess would be it's going to be a family reason. Um, yeah, Brazil very family oriented a culture. Mm. Um, I imagine maybe the wife's had a word and said, "Hey, not a big fan of that." Could you shave that off for me? And being the good husband that he is, he's probably said yes completely. From my perspective, you know, I also was sad to see the mustache go. I said last week how Allison with that mustache made me feel safe. He shaves it off and then makes a bit of a whiff of the first goal. Um, I don't think those two things are coincidental. Um, it's so, never great whenever it goes underneath a keeper. No, it's not. It's not. Back to not feeling safe. Anything else that uh, the two of you would like to touch on before we go into the mud? Chris, I know you wanted to comment perhaps on Adama Traore's goal for Wolves. Oh, uh, it, th- that, was, that was the ultimate alpha goal. Um, the, the guy just brutally ran through Anderson, the phone captain, and just hoofed it into the top of the net. It was great. Great scenes. Um, it was a yeah powerful finish. My favourite part about it was that he um, sort of celebrated very nonchalantly, like, yes, I do this every week, despite that being his first goal of the season. Um, I'm all about that. Yeah. <laughs> like, absolutely... He was punching the air. He was like, oh! Absolutely emotionless on the face. Um, <laughs> just speaking, sorry, it's just popped into my head on the emotion on the face. I'm getting really fed up with Wilfred Zaha. So, um, I love it. Honestly, I love it. This How guy, he looks. every Look, summer, like. every summer, there's talk that this guy might be leaving to go on to a bigger club. I actually don't think he would want that because then he wouldn't be able to play with this constant scowl on his face that he's got at Palace. Michael, you're living out some people's dream of playing week in, week out in the Premier League, and every single week, all you're doing is pulling that face, getting into mini scraps with people, and pointing the finger at players around you. I've had enough of Zaha. Thought the same thing. Like this guy was supposed to be seventy million pound oh, player the other oh, season. Right now, ha- right. Look, the guy could play for anyone. I mean, let on, nah. on his day, on his day, he can. And look, he is he, nah. like if we're talking about last week, Harry Kane has like has done his duty at that club. Wilfred Zaha, my word, has done his duty at that club. I bet what you know, they're nothing without him. Let's be honest. No, like, no, he, he he better. He definitely has a grudge against the board of that club because they held <laughs> yeah, him back that on. other year. Like so you know, they did that that year where he was half decent, they were like, "Oh yeah, we want seventy million pound minimum for him," and then just have kept him hostage there ever <laughs> since. Anyway, sorry, that was sorry. I don't know where that came from. Um, Love it. <laughs> uh, Bailey, have you got an in the mud this week? Yeah. So even though after today's result, pretty good result, comeback win. Against uh, Burnley, uh, prompted by Alan's and Max Mann. Uh, we're going to talk about Newcastle fan relations and the state of the club. So this week, uh, The Athletic wanted to discover the opinions of fans up and down the country. Uh, sort of wanted to go along the lines of, is the club well run? Have they spent well on transfers? Do, do the fans want the manager there? So they asked their subscribers. And... Steve Bruce's side ranked lowest in five of the six questions in this survey. The extent of Newcastle fans' hatred of Bruce is like is easy to tell here. For example, their approval rating of Bruce in the manager's table, which we're going to talk about in a second, is half of Sheffield United score, a team that currently have a caretaker manager at the helm and are currently <laughs> bottom of the Premier League. And then at the other end of the spectrum, uh, Man City here running away with the league. Uh, uh, their scores are reflected well amongst supporters uh, who in each of these things we're going to talk about all questions achieved an approval rating of at least 90% from City fans 
So first of all, uh, the first question was happiness with club's performance this season. Number one was Man City, two was West Ham, and third was Leicester. And the bottom three, uh, West Brom with 34.6%, Sheffield United with 32.2%, and Newcastle United with 273 <clears throat> Uh, next question was, happy if the team's manager is in charge this time next year, which, good news on Merseyside, everyone seems to be happy. Everton, who can't believe their luck with Carlos <laughs> Lott, uh, with 98.67, uh, Liverpool with 98.4, and Leeds uh, sticking with Bielsa at 98.1. And the bottom three, West Brom again, uh, 46.09. Tottenham Hotspur and Jose Mourinho were 45.7. And Newcastle, a long way below that, at 25.41. <laughs> and then I, I thought this one was quite interesting. So uh, I think team has a chance of winning a trophy by the end of next season. Uh, the top three were City, Chelsea and Liverpool. Uh, bottom three were Palace, Fulham and then, again, Newcastle with 23.29. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought it was interesting because I think certain fans at this point have to think about if they get relegated, their chances of coming up, and does that count as the trophy there? So I yes. think that's maybe yes, why Fulham are slightly above and West Brom are quite quite above that. Uh, next one, which I've quite enjoyed, is believe their club is well run. So this isn't to do with anything on the pitch. This is off the pitch and your opinions on the Karen Brady's of the world. Uh, top three were Leicester, Leeds, and Man City. Not too bad. Bottom three, West Ham, <laughs> West Brom, and then Newcastle again with 23.91. And uh, next up, we have Believe Club has spent well on transfers in the past 12 months, a, a key part. And this is one where Newcastle aren't in the bottom three, surprisingly. Uh, that'll probably be to do with like Callum Wilson Cal- coming to the club. Callum Wilson, exclusively. That- there's <laughs> no other reason for that uh, top three here were Villa, City and Leicester bottom three were Sheffield United, West Brom and Burnley, probably from the fact that Burnley just don't sign players if it ain't broken, <laughs> fix it <laughs> and lastly an interesting one which I'm sure Chris Chris is loving looking at right now <laughs> thinks team plays entertaining football uh, top of the list is Leeds with uh, 95 uh, second Man City and third Brighton and bottom oh, three for on this. Goodness. <laughs> uh, bottom three on this are West Brom again, Crystal Palace, and in dead last with twenty one point one four out of one hundred, Newcastle United. <laughs> so this so yeah, not looking great for Steve Bruce's men altogether. I mean, yeah, I, I would encourage anybody to go and look at some of these um results of these surveys. I do have a few questions about the survey and I know that you won't know the answer to them, but do you reckon, like, when this the questions were asked will have had a factor on what the, the results are? So, for example, if you ask a Liverpool fan after the 7-2 against Villa, are you happy with your team's performance? More people out of emotion may say no. You know what I mean? Do you reckon, like, that could factor into it? So that that's one of the first places mm. my head went. Also, um, the most jarring part about all of this, you talked about... The question happiness with the club's performance this season. Yes. You said that Manchester United or Manchester City, uh, excuse me, were top of that list with ninety four point three percent. 
Where are the 5.7% of morons <laughs> who are unhappy with Manchester City's performance this season? Could win four trophies. And there's 5% of fans out there being like, not being good enough, Pep. Yeah, exactly. They've not seen enough 8-0 or something this season. <laughs> what is that nonsense about? Sure, Guerrero hasn't been that good. <laughs> yeah, pro- yeah, at this point with Man City, it's nitpicking, isn't it? <laughs> It's wild to me that, that that was the most jarring thing that jumped out to me about all of that, really. Um, yeah, I think it's really interesting. I mean, some of the stuff, like, you know, thinking the team plays entertaining football, you talk about the bottom three, like Tottenham are fourth bottom, um, yeah. which again leads into these conversations. Like, there's a lot of Spurs fans who really aren't on board with Jose. Yeah, I, I thought that was the other thing that leapt out, other than the fact that everyone, like, all Newcastle fans are just not happy with everything going on at that football club. But yeah, uh, the Mourinho and the Spurs fans just haven't connected at all. Mm. I imagine if you say, if this were done earlier in the season after that win against City, a lot of this probably would have been different where they started the buy into him. But yeah, more recent results do just say, it's shows there, I think teams play entertaining football. Uh, it's 49 out of 100. Like that is a polarized fan base. <clears throat> it it was probably done in January, like halfway through type thing. But um, I have to say, lads, I I I would love to be a Brighton fan. I would love to be a Brighton <laughs> fan because, like, it would mean I would support a club, and it wouldn't matter to me one bit what the result was. <laughs> it wouldn't matter at all if we lose football matches on a very regular occasion. I'm still very happy with the way that we play. Third out of every team in the league, they're the most satisfied with the way they play. And they're 16th in the league. Give me a break. Christopher, I've, I've, I've loved this season-long sort of back and forth. Like somewhere there's a teen rom-com about you and Brighton where you act like you hate each other all year and then at the end of the film you get together and fall in love. <laughs> like it, it baffles me. But what I it's it's the complete. But how does that not annoy you? How does that not annoy you? <laughs> like, so the, no, I I think Brighton play really good football. But they're sixteenth and they're satisfied with it. It's garbage. That's not the question. The question said thinks their team garbage. plays entertaining football. Yeah, there is there's such a, a like contrast between like the way Chris wants his fo- like is enjoying his team at the moment, the way Brighton are because especially there's another one here on believe their club is well run. Brighton fans are just sitting back from what I can see and just enjoying what's happening. In terms of believe their club is well run, they're fourth. Only Leicester, Leeds and Man City are more satisfied with the board Baffles me. and what's going on on the pitch Baffles me. Yeah. than anyone else. I think they're playing entertaining football. Meanwhile, West Ham are down yeah. with 51%. Oh, very easily explainable. Very easily explainable. I think there's a jealousy from you that these Brighton fans can just sit back enjoy a game knowing their club's well run I think you're just highly strung and you almost want your club to be like Brighton Brighton have been in this league since 2017 (laughs) they've got they've got a wee while to go to be one of the big boys I mean you know they they might have a nice they have a nice nice (laughs) wee stadium I love love that (laughs) lovely wee stadium West Ham have been in the top four twice this season and you're talking about welcoming other clubs into the big boys Darren Darren we've been in the Premier League for like every season (laughs) for about five give me a break I mean I love listen at the top of the show you commented on how 
the Champions League and West Ham this season is as good as it will get. And that's completely reflected in this. The, the question, think your team has a chance of winning a trophy. West Ham, I think, are, are bottom half of that list. Um, <laughs> and, you know, most notably teams who have a grid, the fans have a, had a higher score for thinking they'll win a trophy next season than West Ham was Southampton, Wolves, <laughs> Aston Villa, Tottenham and Arsenal. Like, these are all clubs that West Ham have performed significantly better than this year, but the fans are going, we're winning nothing next year. Yeah, because they don't back the board at all here. Then. <laughs> of course we don't. They'll find they're, a way to ruin it. Yeah, of course exactly. And they're going... <laughs> Meanwhile, Brighton fans are just sitting back, enjoying the process. It's a lot, lot lower the proce- that. What pro- what's the process? What is, what, what is success? Like, what not winning football matches, that's what success is. Yeah. I mean, Champions League spots based on expected goals. I think they're happy with it. <laughs> Right, well, listen, I think we're going to draw that to a close today. So we are. Uh, thank you very much for both of you being here. This has been a lot of fun for me. I'm going to go now and, and, and watch back nine here at, at Augusta. Okay, guys, um, thank you very much for being here, and we will see you next week.